Just because our parents keep telling us that Jason was only a legend doesn't mean it wasn't true. Jason is out there. He's looking for me. He's probably headed back to the camp. Jason will return to the area that's familiar. No matter what you call it, it's still Camp Crystal Lake to him. What if he did come back here? Searching for the one that decapitated his vengeful mother. You do know what today's date is, don't you? Happy Friday the 13th. I'll order up some body bags. Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. My name is Joey. And welcome to part six, in which Jason does live. Yes. Sort of, in unlife. Yeah, Zombie Jason era begins. Yes. This is the sixth installment of the Friday the 13th Marathon of Podcast on The Last Theater on the Left, which you can find on cnjradio.com. This is, like you said, the... I would say this is more of a new beginning than the new beginning was a new beginning. Okay. That makes yes. sense. I, 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 yes. I'm gonna just <laughs> for the sake of moving along, I'll say yes. <laughs> All right. Speaking of new beginning, though, we did miss something. We were on such a roll with the last one. I was Oof, having yeah. <laughs> a surprisingly good time talking about part yeah. five, but we failed to mention our favorite kills of the movie. So I would like to do that right now before we move on to Jason Lives and say, what was your favorite kill, Joey, of the non-Jason of Blue Jason? Well, just uh, for the sake of being a little different, and because it was the one I remembered the most when thinking about the movie with my first viewing as a kid, Uh. going with Junior. Okay. Yeah. Riding around the motorcycle being extremely annoying and then getting the head chopped completely off. It kind of just lobs off there. It just falls to the ground. And I remember that more than anything. Plus, as a kid who loved flipping through the video boxes of the horror movies, the blade to junior's throat is on the back of the yeah. box so yeah i remember that quite well myself that that's why because we both grew up in video stores and oh yeah seeing the have lots of video box covers and the pictures on the back ingrained in my brain and that was one of the pictures that always stuck with me yeah i was gonna make a point but do your favorite kill real quick okay yeah my favorite kill easy one for me it's the belt across the eyes that around the tree with the guy that has sex in the woods with the girl Belt around the tree, Jason tightens it and tightens it slowly as it on the back of the tree, and it crushes his head and eyes all at the same time. Yeah. It's not a very gruesome kill, but it, the sound and the yeah. to, the length of time it takes for that kill to happen really make it work well, in my opinion. Yeah, good stuff. So you say you grew up in video stores like I did? Sure. Especially, I know you and your dad was probably a lot like what Alice Cooper was as I remember reading an interview with Alice saying that uh, he would go for a jog and then hit the video store on the way back, yeah. like where he lived at the time in the 80s, especially yeah. when the slashers were just king. Sure. So he's like, if I can get there to the video store and I find one that I haven't seen, yeah. then that's like a great night. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that's what it was like for you guys. Yeah. It finding really, one you hadn't seen. <laughs> it really is because we actually almost like actually really similar we would ride bikes when I was younger. My dad and myself would ride bikes together and we would ride our bikes to the video store and we would turn in our other videos and get new videos and then ride our bikes back home. Yeah. So it's really actually extremely similar to what you just said. Yeah. And, and that's that, something I still do to this day 
when I walk into a video store, I'm going to go look for the stuff I've never seen before and hopefully have never heard before. And I'll either rent it or there's not as many rental places anymore, no, but no. I'll go to the used DVD, Blu-ray store and yeah. just buy things that I've never seen before. Yeah, exactly. And of course, I referenced the Alice Cooper quote to get back to part six. Yes. Because Alice Cooper is, is has a lot to do with the imaging yeah. of part six. And I remember this, this is actually the whole tie into this and the song he's back if i may bring it over a little sure. rock strikes 10 here right. this is my gateway to alice cooper and oh, i will man. forever be thankful to the friday the 13th franchise for having a hand in that because if it wasn't for he's back who knows what would have happened alice cooper is now my favorite artist ever yeah and this was this is... your first was that the first song that you wow all right yeah first one that's amazing. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I had heard schools yeah. out before this, yeah. but I didn't make the connection. Uh, but I saw the video for he's uh, back, the man behind the mask, at my friend Richard's house, and uh, he, he's an actor in Austin, actually. So oh, what's up, cool. Richard? If you ever hear this, and uh, yeah, that was it for me. I was done. Uh, Alice Cooper is the man from here on out. That's awesome. So thank you, Part Six. And so, soft spot coming right in. Right, third one I think I ever saw. I think it went okay. five one six. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm sure that's somebody's that's area. It's actually a pretty good way to to watch them though, because you've got five out of the way. You've got the one that's not him. Then you go back to one to realize what the whole series is actually about. Yeah. And then this one actually it kind of attempts to play on the first one a lot because there's a lot of. There aren't as many callbacks, really, in this one, but the plot of it is more about the beginning, because this is Jason again, and he's zombie Jason, and it's about going back to the camp, and going back to the lake, and all this stuff, and it's an actual camp, because as we noted when we were watching this, there was someone in the movie was talking about, well, he's going back to Camp Crystal Lake, and I mentioned, well, he's never actually killed anybody at Camp Crystal Lake in the entire series up to this point. And so, so maybe that's why, and yeah, okay, you guys know about spoilers. So maybe that's why, isn't like the first kill that he does at Camp Crystal Lake, that really nice girl, the really nice camp counselor that's really nice, that little girl, and tells her to say a prayer in bed. And then when she gets back to the house, Jason fucks her up royally. <laughs> well, I she, mean, wow. Yeah, she's not the first. Uh, Sissy that, was that, the first. Sissy was the first? Yeah. Okay, but that would have been apropos if it had yeah. been that one, because it had been like, all right, this has been bottled up for way too long. Yeah. And he really let it go right. on that one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the camp wasn't called Crystal Lake in this. Yeah. So still to this point, technically, Jason has never killed anyone <laughs> at Camp Crystal Lake. Because the second one took place across at a different camp. Yep. Then the three after that took place yeah, away yeah. in like different houses. Yeah, because Crystal Lake was off limits because of the murders. Yeah. And, and then this time, in the reopening in this one, uh, this movie is supposed to take place in 1990. It was released in 1986. So yep. it's kind of, it's still following the timeline after the jump so it's like a year or so yeah. after the previous movie yeah. but it's the camp is renamed camp forest green I yeah believe. and yeah you're right and because we made that joke when jason walks up to the camp i was like well turn around you're in the wrong place yeah, exactly. like, like they almost got it oh yeah. man he's oh he's still going in oh jason has no home at this point yeah <laughs> he's a he's a man without a country yeah <laughs> but i like this movie this does it feels like a fresh start I know you were kind of, I think you were kind of wondering how I was going to like this one, because it does embrace comedy more 
than the previous ones, yeah. I think. Which you're usually not that much of a fan of, with the exception of, like, you know, the Evil Dead stuff. Well, it depends. Like, I don't mind comedy and horror, but I don't like it when they try to mix serious and comedy. And okay. this movie didn't try to do it, because that but, difference well, in tone doesn't work for me, because it's... I'll go to one of my least favorite... not I wouldn't say least favorite directors, but a, a director that I have major problems with, Eli Roth, Okay. Because I'm sorry for those out, out there that like him. I, I like a lot of his stuff. I'm not gonna. We're gonna get onto that later. I'll yeah, talk about sure, Eli Roth later. Sure. My problem is when you insert jokes into movies that are otherwise serious, and that's not what this is. I look at it kind of like um, Bride of Chucky. Okay. Where it is completely over the top comedy. It's a comedy first and a horror second. Yeah. And that works for me. And I really like that movie because it it's about the comedy. It's huh. not about trying to do this mishmash of horror and comedy. And that's kind of... This movie, Jason hmm. Lives, isn't quite the same as that. It doesn't go as far with the comedy. But the whole tone of this movie is a lot lighter than any of the previous movies to this point. Right. I mean, well, the paintball stuff, that's pretty over the top. That's very comedy, and I didn't like that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're like, I, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, one, because it is... It's really pushing it. It's pushing it really far into the comedy. Also, those people have no... They have nothing to do with anything in this entire movie. No. And a lot of the other ones, in the early one, the people in the Volkswagen, um, who were going up to the camp when Jason is walking, getting back to it, uh, they get killed. And initially, I was like, well, they don't have anything to do with the plot either. These are garbage people. They're in there mm -hmm. just to be killed. But they actually do have something to do with the plot. They were supposed to be the leaders. They were supposed to open up the camp. Yeah. And they went missing. So that actually had a lot to do with the story later. But yeah. the paintball people, all five of them, have nothing to do. All they do is pad the body count. And in really stupid ways, because I don't like any of them. Yeah. I think that was... And I think the guy's name was Tom McLaughlin, the guy that wrote and directed this movie. Yeah. And I see him in a lot of the uh, Friday the 13th documentaries. Yeah. Like the special feature stuff I've seen over the years and the Crystal Lake Memories thing. Yeah. And he comes off as kind of like a... Kind of an alternative, like, goth kind of guy. Okay. Like, nonconformist. Sure. And so these are, like, people on a business trip. Yeah. And, like, this these, these are his garbage people. You yeah. know, like, these are definitely people that he's not down with. So yeah. I think... He probably saw this happening at one point or he heard about these kind of retreats yeah. with like shitty business people who carve up a bit of the country right. and then go have fun on the weekends. Yeah, go shoot things on the weekends. Yeah, so I think that's just that was just his like, I'm gonna do that. And that's fine. And I'm not defending it, I'm yeah. just saying I, I bet that's why it's in there. Yeah. As far as like the kind of people he chose to yeah. be his garbage people. <laughs> sure. But incorporate that into the story and the yeah. plot, in my yeah. opinion. I don't yeah. particularly like, I've said it numerous times. At this point, if you don't get it, then sorry. That's what about one line of dialogue to, like, hey, like, these are, this is a business that backed the uh, reopening of Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> and so they get free reign of the place. Sure. Okay. That works. One line it's of dialogue. Something. It's because this. Plot... <laughs> I have to do the thank you for smoking thing. Exactly. One line of dialogue is all it takes. <laughs> exactly. Thank God we invented the something something machine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That would be fine. That shows an effort. There was effort put forward into incorporating these people into the plot to make their lives and their deaths meaningful in some little way. In the way that they put them in this movie, it they don't mean anything. No. They're just they're just filler. Yes. Like the guy and the woman who 
are randomly why would you go out to the woods at night to have sex like what's well, the point ju- of that i think they got engaged or something why would you go out to the middle of the woods at night and get engaged and drink champagne in uh, creepy wet woods because it's been raining it's muddy everywhere yeah lack of funds i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were there too in their garbage people yeah yeah uh the grave digger is not but he kind of has dialogue like he is yeah i don't like so they broke the fourth wall in this movie. Oh with, yeah, with, people hate yeah. that. A lot of people have a problem with that. Yeah, and great... yeah, Tom McLaughlin defends this as it got big laughs in the, in the theater. I don't, I don't care. Every one of them did. <laughs> I don't care at all. Yeah, it's it's dumb and I don't like it. I, I actually really really dislike it when they do that kind of stuff in mm-hmm. movies like this. It can work when you do it correctly. Yeah. And before we get to the fourth wall, he also says in all every documentary that he's interviewed yeah. for that. The, his wife that is one of the uh, that couple that gets killed yeah. from the, the, the Volkswagen. Her character is called uh, Lizbeth. Lizbeth, yeah. And, you know, she's got the American Express card and he goes, every screening I went to someone yells out, don't leave home without it. Yeah, you know? I figured that and was supposed to that. be a I'm joke. And he loves that. I'm like, he's like, so goth guy's got dad jokes right. <laughs> that he loves that worked yeah. like that. Like, I'd be pissed if someone yelled out something in my movie. <laughs> right. But that's, the thing is, yes, I agree completely. <laughs> That's not even a joke. That's just a reference. Yeah. That's not even a joke at all. And but he people... did it. He did it so people would yell it in the movie. He actually literally yeah. said he put it in there oh, really? to get a crowd reaction to where pretty much every screening you would go to, yeah. it, somebody would eventually say it, or at least your friend would elbow you and whisper it to right. you. And then I would tell him to shut up and like <laughs> stop talking because that's not funny. One, it's not a joke, and two, we're watching a movie, so stop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't really care for that. And to say that, so like I said, this movie is a lot lighter in tone, but obviously from what we've been saying, not all the jokes landed with me. Right. Some of them did. Okay, so the fourth wall thing. So the grave digger after, so at the beginning of the movie, of course, you've seen it since you're listening to this, and as we said, spoilers, Tommy digs up Jason's grave because he forgot the dream that he had in the previous movie where yeah. you guys dug up the grave and Jason lives. Yeah, and Tommy's already improved as a human being. He's made oh, a yeah. friend. Yeah, and he talks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm a confident enough heterosexual man, better looking, right. yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's already, it's already an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, but, uh, but, I'll, but he's still kind of dumb still. He has... Dumb thought. His dumb thought at the beginning, <laughs> even though he does get his brains back for the end of this thing. But uh, I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to set up what we're talking yeah. about with the grave digger. Oh yeah, that's right. We were yeah. talking about the grave digger. I keep forgetting. <laughs> he digs up the grave. He sticks the. He gets all mad and rams the metal rod into Jason's chest because that's what you do when you're mad at some dead person. Yeah, he looks like uh, uh, Hans with the trash and the yeah, burbs. Like right. it's the sake of chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, and then the lightning strikes. Long story short, Jason gets out of the grave, and his friend is the one in the grave. Gravedigger uh, covers up the grave without looking to see who is inside. Yeah, between and, between shots of yeah. his flask, and he's all pissed at these kids today with their digging up the graves and such and whatnot and the shenanigans that they get into. And as he's complaining and drinking, he looks directly at the camera and says, like something about like. This is what kids do. This is entertainment for kids these days. Looking directly at the camera. Yeah. Insinuating that all of us watching the movie are watching a pile of garbage. Yeah. Like, why would you do that to your own movie? I mean, I get that it's kind of self-deprecating humor, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also... (laughs) I don't know. It's like, don't (laughs) insult your audience. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm taking that probably... 
too literally, and I don't really think it was meant as an insult to the people watching the movie. But it's still, I don't know. It it rubs me the wrong way yeah, when they when they do stuff like that. It's like yeah. here's your stupid I entertainment. I, I don't like getting told here's your stupid entertainment because yeah. I think that's a little rude. Yeah, but I we're doing that thing we did in five. Like, but I I actually enjoy six more than five. I do too. And we're we're nitpicking the hell out of it right now. But mm. I like it. I, I like it. They're not nitpicks. I don't think. Yeah. I think uh, I think these are they're valid things okay. to say. Yeah. This is a full. We're breaking this down. We have to look at all these things. Right. We will get to the stuff that we like because I do like this movie. Yeah. I like the how it embraces the tone of it. This is a complete shift in focus in the entire series, yeah. and it's a, it's a hairy turn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that that what that joke didn't land. So not yours. Yours was good, but in the movie oh. it was like, uh, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so. In the previous movies, even up to part five in the new beginning, it was when we saw Jason doing the kills up until the last act of the film, we never saw his face. It was still that kind of hiding the killer, still setting up that whodunit, even though it didn't work in part five, as we explained. Right. But this one tosses all that out the window. You see Jason right from the start, and it's all full body shots. You see his face. And so the focus shifts from the victims to Jason. And I th- I feel like in this series it happened a lot later than in most franchises. Because I think in most franchises like this, the shift to the serial killer happens really, really early. And that, to me, I don't really like it as much because it turns more into, kind of like I said before, it's just a body count. It's just watching this big hulking creature kill all these things and you don't get any connection to the victims the characters so there's no horror it's more fun entertainment which is it's that shift in tone and intention yeah i think because tommy was so established early on you know the last two movies that's why they were just like all right we're i mean they start with the kills in the first act for sure so i think maybe a little bit of that they already have their character development now all the dialogue sort of. he had 27 words in the previous movie well if that yeah so yeah i know i mean maybe that was the rationale well, i'm sure I mean, it was and obviously they want to give the kids what they want and they technically didn't get jason in the last one so we're going to give you more jason for well, your yeah. buck and that was obviously like well, that's go, what go, it go. Is. yeah i mean in these movies the only the mainstay is always the serial killer and eventually you kind of have to shift the focus to the killer yeah and so in this one i mean his name is in the title yeah <laughs> it was actually in the title credit it's above yeah the actual franchise he's name. overshadowed the name of the original name of the franchise which yeah. happened bride of chucky it stops being child's play it becomes <laughs> about chucky from then on yeah. So it's the same deal. You see this happen in all these different series. Yes. And to and, me... And best open since the first class, by the way. Yeah. The double O Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh, on. Uh, <laughs> it sets the tone. I'll give it that. It definitely yeah. sets the tone. Yeah, yeah you can't say that it doesn't. Yeah, because you have the uh, Jason walking to the side, double O seven style, turning towards the camera and then yeah. doing the slash... And so there's the comedy, and then two cuts of blood just gushing from the screen, yeah. which also sets the tone. Because there's, I wish he'd have thrown the machete instead of just slashing the screen, yeah. though. That would have made it a little bit better for me. But that that is a nitpick. That's a nitpick for sure. <laughs> so I don't know. So I'm talking about this shift in tone, and I do think it's a big one. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. 
I appreciate it, and I do like this movie, yeah. but I like it for different reasons than I like the best of the first half of the series. Okay. I'll say that. All right. Any more examples why? I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Why I like this movie? Yeah. Well, I just, like I well, said... Besides the tone, like... What are, what are the little things that would make you go back to it? Because that that that's what a lot of this franchise is for me. Yeah. Like even just a even just a minute long scene that happens to do with a death that I liked, or yeah, you know some some bit, you know maybe even a, a nudity scene. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I'm not gonna have a chance to shine on this <laughs> right. one. There are no breasts. Right. There's three sex scenes, but yeah. no breasts. Yeah. Go figure. Right. <laughs> I think I like this movie because is this PG thirteen? I mean, I no, it can't be with all this death. Yeah, I don't know because you don't see a lot of the killing blows in this one either. No, I mean, I, there's a lot of after violence, but yeah, there's there's too much. There's still too many body count yeah, for it to and there's not be. kids in it too, yeah, which yeah. kind of makes it probably pushes it a little bit further to the yeah. R. Yeah. But I think I like this movie. I, I like the way it's paced. I like I like the plotting of it. There's not so much story, but I think the plot is okay. Yeah. It goes a little back and forth because Tommy's in the jail and he's out of the jail. He's back in the jail. He's back out of it. Yeah. So it that whole thing with Tommy is it's interesting to me because, like you said, we have grown to know this character over the course of three movies, and we've seen him from a little kid up until an adult with three different versions, three different. Uh, actors playing him, yeah. <laughs> but we've still seen this character, so there is a little bit of a connection there, even though he seems to have this mysterious, magical connection that has him know exactly how to defeat Jason, which doesn't make sense at all. But I can forgive some of the stuff that doesn't make sense because of the movie's not really played in reality, in my opinion. And I think the previous ones... Well, the Frankenstein intro is all you need to yeah. disassociate it from reality. If you're still associating it with reality after that, then yeah. you, that's what you've I'm got saying. a problem. I yeah. mean, that's why I do like this movie, because it sets the tone from the beginning. This isn't reality. Stuff doesn't make sense in this, and we're going to let you know that right from the start. Yeah. Because they give the excuse that the lightning brings Jason to life. Why did they need to do that? I don't know. Like, how is he still have... If you look at him, you open up the grave, and he's completely rotted away, and he's like almost a skeleton, not quite, but there's bugs and everything. But once the lightning strikes, his eyes grow back in his skull miraculously. Did you see the electrical sparks going through him and all the little lights? I did see that. Yeah. But how is that supposed to bring him back to life? My point is, they went halfway with an explanation, (laughs) but the explanation doesn't make any sense. So, it sets the tone. This is not reality. Don't think too hard, and you'll have fun with this. And that's what you have to do, and that's why I enjoy it. This is a movie I'll turn on at night when I'm going to bed, or when I'm doing something else, and on... Whenever I hear something loud happen, I'll turn to the screen and go, oh, yeah, this is this is fun. I like this. Yeah. Or when I see the paintball people show up, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'll be back in a couple minutes. There you go. Yeah. Fun, fun movie. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a fun movie. Hmm. And we do have some callbacks, like the Jason Rain is there from the beginning. We talked about in the last one how <laughs> Jason needs Rain. He's empowered by yeah. this shit, man. I mean, I... This is the first time I've noticed it. This t- this run right. through the Watch franchise, back to back to back. yeah, because we've done this before. We did this back in the day, yeah. back when the DVD box set first came out. Yeah. So this is our first run with this, watching it together. Yeah. So, I mean, I never made that correlation yeah. before, and I've watched it independently on my own. Never really noticed until yeah. this go around. This is so freaking strange, man. And there's just as many references to other horror movies as there are the first Friday Thirteenth movie. The uh, the little girl, 
the cute little Nancy. innocent girl that that's very very likable, and I usually hate kid actors. Right, Nancy, who had a bad nightmare. Right, bam, yeah, done. Uh, Cunningham Road, Sean Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, someone said there was a sleepaway camp reference in the IMDb trivia track because someone has something on their jacket with someone's name oh, from a character. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, what was Maybe. that other? That's a stretch. Oh, and Car- and the Karloff's uh, yeah, convenience store. Obvious. Carpenter. So they mentioned something about like yeah, a city car- is like Carpenter or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all there. Yeah, they're all. So yeah, I kind of I kind of dig that stuff because it's you know it's I don't know. Do you think things like that might be too distracting to take people away from the movie if you're a decent enough fan of that stuff, or do you are you okay with it? That's a good question. I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, okay. I can't really. I would be a hypocrite if I said not because one of my favorite movies is Shaun of the Dead, and that thing is well, loaded with like it's just. It's saturated with references and things like that. Too true. So I think if you're a fan of the genre, then those things will be fun to you. And the fact that the the tone of this movie, I will say this. If this was a serious movie and it was supposed to be... If the intention was to make you scared and Mm -hmm. to instill fear, which the first movie, that was the intention. If that movie had been loaded up with all these references and things, I think it would be distracting and I wouldn't like it. Okay. But the fact that this one is turn your brain off and enjoy this, mm-hmm. I appreciate the references. I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fun. Because it does give you a chance to watch it multiple times and you go, oh, I missed that that last time. Oh, look at that. There's the there's the David Bowie po- uh, album. That, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've, uh, we've done so many of these yeah. and it's kind of blurring all together. So... I don't think we talked about this on air. Movies, when when they're made, most major movies especially, uh, the production name is given a different name right. to avoid looky-loos and locals popping right. their head in. So if you give it like a, just a dumb name that's not Star Wars Part Six, right. which, you know, that's one of the times that people really read about things like this, like yeah. Blue Harvest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So... Now, then after that, everybody started giving their movies fake names during production. And for some reason, I don't know, I don't, it does not start with the first one because Mm -hmm. the, you know, Friday the 13th wasn't, yeah, there was, it was a nothing movie or, you know, it wasn't a franchise yet. And at some point during one of the sequels, the production name was given a David Bowie song title. And this went on from that point on. And I think they may have kept it up through the duration. I'm going to find out about this. Because I'm really fascinated by it. But the production name for part six here was Aladdin Sane. And then in the camp at one point, uh, it's when the girl, I forget her name, forgive me. She wants to play cards with Sissy. Okay, she wants to play cards. With Paula. With Paula, thank you. (laughs) I don't have any sitcoms to reference these people to, (laughs) unfortunately. So I can only be like, oh, the guy that tried to kill Patrick Swayze in Ghost. Right. (laughs) That was his uh, debut role. But... His name Back, is Darren, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is why this is why you're the host, and I'm just me. But when they're in the cabin and they're about to play cards, you look over to the side and on the table you see a vinyl copy yeah. of David Bowie's Aladdin Sane. So, so yeah, and that's a super deep reference only for the people at the time with no internet. That was just yeah. for the people that made the movie. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm sure somebody went to the record store like, "Hey, check it out! Yeah. Look what I found." That probably is what happened. Yeah, so who knows? Or it's the directors, right? One of the two. <laughs> but we, we did go on a, on a little bit of a, a tangent. I want to talk about the Jason Rain real quick. Cause just real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Because I'm, like we were saying it's, that... It's crazy. It's, it's not just for effect in this movie. Because we were talking about how it empowers them and it gives them power. And this one, it actually saves them. Because in the beginning, when Tommy, after he... <laughs> 
after Jason rises out of his own grave and is starting to walk towards Tommy, Tommy attempts to set Jason on fire, and as he gets the, the matches out, somehow the rain falls down. Jason calls the rain, yeah. and it eliminates that threat. Yeah, and those clouds were moving yeah. like, you, like you're watching a, like a five-day forecast. Exactly. Like, whoom! So and Jason, lightning yeah, and rain. <laughs> Jason actually has control over rain. I think, I think you're under something there. Him, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's more magic, and like you said, don't think too hard about it, but if you look, you can see these different things in there. Maybe that has something to do with the lightning harness from Frankenstein also. He's a magnet to... Bring... <laughs> no, never mind. I'm thinking too hard, Chris. I think I'm you are thinking, thinking too, too damn hard. You're supposed to turn your brain off with this movie. Yes. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. All right, back to the hairy turns. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so talking about the turns, let's talk about turns in the plot, I guess. So the whole setup in this one is... Tommy is... It's still playing off what's come before. The cop in this town, Sheriff Garris, I believe his name is, yeah. he thinks that Tommy is the one that's doing all this bad stuff. Or he thinks Tommy's bad right from the start, and then when people start ending, he finds people dead, he thinks Tommy's the one that did it, and it takes a while. So it's this kind of stereotypical, very stereotypical dynamic of the cop doesn't believe the guy, and yeah. it's too late. Yeah, and meanwhile he shows up movies. he shows up voluntarily to his station right off the bat. Yeah. But he completely dismisses all of his claims just because he spent some time in a mental institution. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. completely stereotypical. So it's it's really it's kind of frustrating that whole aspect of it. I understand why they did it, because it was supposed to be the tension of is Tommy gonna make it out there in time? And Tommy didn't really have a whole lot to do in this movie. Right. All he had he had one purpose in the movie yeah. and he had it right from the beginning. It was just the obstacles that kept getting thrown in his way. Yeah. But if that cop doesn't exist, then Megan doesn't exist. Yeah. And what did she really do though? Well, she moved a lot of stuff along. Yeah, but if yeah. if neither one of them exists, then Tommy just goes to the camp. Well, were... if the dad didn't have sex with the mom, then she wouldn't <laughs> right. be there. You know? The mom's dead anyway, because yeah. Tommy probably killed her. Yes. <laughs> but we can go back further and say, like, what led to what. Tommy's actually the reason for all this happening in the first place, because he was stupid and let Jason get back out of the grave. Oh, yeah, if yeah. you want to go back that far. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's not really... I mean, it's a really linear plot, in my perspective. But like I said, it goes back and forth. And it is a little bit frustrating to me, um, the plot itself, because not a whole lot happens. But like I said, it's all about this they try to set up this thing between Jason and Tommy but to me that doesn't really it kind of pays off in the end because he calls Tommy to the into the middle of the lake yeah but i don't really feel ever feel a connection between the two like to me they could have gone a different route with this movie with only changing a few minor scenes here and there they could have actually played off more of Maybe it is Tommy. Maybe he is having some kind of mental break. And when you see oh. Tommy and Jason together, it's actually Tommy... So, like, the first scene where Jason comes out of the grave and kills Tommy's friend. Okay. Maybe it was Tommy that killed his friend ah. the whole time. Ooh. They could have played that through the entire movie, and I think that would have been really, really yeah. interesting. There was a German film, I won't say its name, because I, I think it's unfair to spoil another movie on a different movie's podcast. Right. But there was that German film that was kind of a ripoff of yeah. a movie that was based off a Chuck Palahniuk novel. I think you know what I'm talking about, at least. I think so. Yeah, so uh, with David Fincher directed it. Might have oh, had yeah. It. Might okay. have had uh, some big movie stars. Okay, yeah. yes. So there's that movie. Yeah. So that's that's where my mind went as soon as you said okay. that. 
And that movie, so that means that this movie would have been way ahead of its time right. if it had gone there with it. Yeah. But I like your idea. So I think that could have been a cool way to do it, and it would have added a little bit of intrigue, because without that sort of intrigue, it's just frustration, you know? But if you have that little idea, that kernel in your head that maybe, maybe Tommy is doing all of this, then it adds another layer to it. But this movie is not about layers. It's very much about what you see is what you get, and it's very very plain which it's it's fine i mean and if you thought he was ever doing it that kind of went out the window once he got thrown in the pokey for a little bit so well they they would have like i said they would have to have changed some of the scenes here and there to make that work quite a few but um but i just think it would have been a a cool dynamic that that would have been easy to do yeah my favorite shot by the way is him standing on top of the camper that was cool there were cool shots in this movie um of course jason still hasn't learned how to use a doorknob and so there's the cool scene of him busting through the door of the cabin and just wood flying everywhere it's not as cool as the one from part four and it's not as uh i think it may be as good or better than the one in part five and then i like that we're we will have enough to rank right at some point and then right after that in the same cabin he busts out of the cabin by running through the door again because he he went to the wall that time like it was like this like the part between the the door and the window yeah he's like well i've already broken a window and broken a door what's next like i mean there's you know you gotta you know, if there's nothing left to conquer, then what's the point? Right. So. But, so, to me, like, one thing that I just want to say real quick about the whole mythology, like, this whole series, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking about how we know so much about Jason. How do we know so much about Jason and his family? But all we know about Jason, as we've said in the previous movies, starting from number two, all we know about, or most of what we know about Jason is from legend and story and all these legends and stories being built up. Yeah. In this one, somehow Tommy knows for a fact for himself that taking Jason back to Crystal Lake would not kill him, but make him stop killing. He said to take him back to the place he first died, I think, is, is a quote in the movie, right. which is really not, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Because we've talked about it before. If Jason had actually died as a kid... It doesn't work, like, at all. Yeah. So. (laughs) You you have to forgive a lot. Right. Speaking of forgiving things, I mean, like, and I almost touched upon this on the fifth one. We had so much to talk about, but we thought it would be more relevant to talk about on this one. With the ending of five ending the way that it did, does it hurt this film? Or do you think they should have, you think they were right to just be like, no, he didn't do that? I think you kind of, well, they don't ever say, and you don't see Pam. Yeah, they don't, but at the same time, you said that that was what happened. You actually said on the last one, that's what what happened. That's what I'm saying. You don't see Pam in this one. They never mention her. Maybe he did kill her. Maybe he didn't. Hmm. We don't know. All right. I think... Are we just supposed to just... I I think they wanted us just to forget it entirely and move on, especially... And and this was just coincidence on circumstance, but... If that's even a good sentence, but the guy that played Tommy in the fifth one opted out of part six, right? Because he was born again Christian. Okay. And so they recast it. So then maybe they're just like, ah, oh, let's give him kind of a different background again. Well, with, it, with, with, we're we're using the important parts, yeah. and we're pretty much not even going to talk about anything from five. Isn't they, that what they, they done? only they only reference one and four in this one heavily? Yeah. Isn't that? 
forgetting, like taking the important parts and forgetting all the parts that don't work. Isn't that what they've done with each movie in the yeah, series? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that what they did with Tommy knowing that Jason drowned in the lake when he was a kid? Yeah, I mean, it's, like it's forgetting what? all. It's making it work for this movie, but not caring that it doesn't work for the previous ones. Yeah. So that means, like, while Tommy was locked up in the in the middle institution. He basically had like a library of Congress of newspapers all dealing with articles about Jason somehow. And somebody thought this would be a good idea that he'd have access to it. So you're really going like, man, no, no, that's not, that's not cool. Yeah, but (laughs) like I said, it's still about the, the mythology of Jason. Like, in reality, in our reality, there's mythology surrounding Jason, and that exists in the universe of these movies as well, and it's built up to a point, when you think about, when the general public thinks about Jason, or the Friday the 13th series, Mm -hmm. oh, it's Jason killing kids at a camp, Camp Crystal Lake, and it's not, like we said, he's never killed a kid at Camp Crystal Lake, up to this point. Um, and ever, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it ever happens. Yeah. So, I mean, technically it doesn't happen. So, my point is, the mythology within the universe as well has to be a little bit clouded. So, yeah. for these people to have... It just... I th- wish they had built more on that mythology of it and the fact that it's it's a legend. You know, this guy... Maybe it's not Jason. We don't know. It could just... <laughs> in part... It's another orderly. <laughs> in part three, it was just some weird random guy that this girl was talking about. Jason was never mentioned. Pamela Voorhees was never mentioned. True. It could just be some random dude. Yeah. And they applied this legend to this guy that's been living in the woods. Maybe Jason really did die when he was a kid. <sighs> that's the other thing. That, that makes all the gospel about him almost hurt everything involved with him being... Jason at all, like existing, right. existing right. as the six foot plus serial killer, right. and they referenced it so goddamn much in Freddy versus Jason yeah. that it's like, wait, what's his motivation? What? Yeah, yeah. like okay, saw his mom get killed, maybe, but he didn't die. Maybe. I mean that, yeah, and then maybe, yeah. So, okay, I'm gonna stop there because <laughs> it's really just I'm gonna go on and on about this, and yeah. I might get back to this. During Freddy versus Jason. Right. I think that's the thing. It's like... The point is with this whole (laughs) discussion we've been having over the past few minutes... Is that it does... Each one of these movies is kind of self-contained in that... It makes the plot work for itself and doesn't care about anything else. Is what we're saying. And so when you go into these movies, you kind of have to accept that fact that... You're watching a self-contained movie. And you can. You can watch this movie, even though we've known Tommy for the past couple movies. You can watch this and get everything you need to get for it. Yeah, because I I didn't have an idea at all about Tommy's arc. (laughs) You know, like, I, you know, and when you're a kid, you don't even pay attention to those kind of details. Because, like I said, saw five, then one, then six. Made no correlation to Tommy and that Tommy, because it was different actors, right. so my brain just immediately went, eh, you know, I didn't <laughs> even pay attention. I was just waiting for Breasts and Murders. Right. You got half of that. Yeah. Like, we have a show called Breasts and Murders. <laughs> and so, I think that's, yeah. So, this is one of those slashers that's, it's fun. It's escapism, in a way. It's just about the killer and how he kills. And that's pretty much it. Because there's, like you said, in the beginning, there's the exposition cop who just says... <laughs> 
oh, well, Tommy was at this institute and his parents or his mom died or something. Mm-hmm. They said something about the mom in this one. Oh, right. They said, I don't remember if they say that she died or whatever. Wait, how did I miss that? I missed that. Yeah, it was just it was just a passing line. Damn, I gotta watch it, was, it again. It was the deputy in the with the sheriff or whatever his rank was. I don't know what yeah. his rank was, but he was yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um, but he yeah. ha- but he, he has access to really state of the art catalogs, right? <laughs> yeah, but like we were saying, it's the "thank you for smoking" line of "oh, well, he was he's a crazy guy." That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all you need, and then that sets up Tommy. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know the rest of it because if you know the rest of it, it's just confusing. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could self-contain seven out of history. Yeah, yeah. But that's a that's that's my I've preview always, for the next. I one. think I've seen seven. Well. Like, I've have, seen seven and eight, the least I think out of all of them. Yeah, yeah they're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just warning you right yeah. now. You sure you want to keep going through with this? Yeah. All right. We're committed at this point. We're we're halfway through. Hey, like Tommy. Yeah. Uh, favorite kill. I think my favorite kill would have to be Sissy. She's the one that has her head turned completely around and decapitated ah. and pulled off. Yes. Um, they found yeah. the fakest head. Yeah, for later. I mean, come on. I mean, that was more fake than Marvin when they closed the trunk in Pulp Fiction. I mean, like, what? <laughs> was it more fake than the uh, the flare, the road flare in the mouth? Yeah. Yeah, really? it was. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is the have a nice day face. No, I'm totally kidding. That was awful. I don't like that. <laughs> don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, they, they definitely came up with different ways to kill people in this one. I'm sure that was Tom McLaughlin's, like, motivation. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we're going to do a couple of tried and trues, like the shish kebab. Yeah. That's that's always a crowd pleaser. Well, if the point of your movie is the murder, which the point of this movie is the murder, yeah. like, yeah. that's a fact, like, 100%, yeah. Yeah. then you have to make the murder varied and entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Hot Aerobics Chick is is a favorite i mean like the aluminum face thing through the oh through the yeah. bathroom wall yeah that one's good i'm gonna go with paula though just because you, you don't even see it but man I, it's, it's my favorite and least favorite kill of the whole movie <laughs> because i felt so freaking bad for right. her i really felt bad the the only thing that could have made me more sad of someone getting killed is if is if nancy had been killed Oh yeah, the little girl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she was that likable, yeah. and and she she didn't say one shitty thing the whole time. No, yeah. she was obviously the really straight laced person of the bunch without being annoying oh. about it. Yeah, she was just she just seemed like a cool person. Damn right, it. she was kind of the motherly figure. She was worried about everybody. She was gonna go call them, and she was taking care of the little girl Nancy yeah. the whole time. She and stayed to calm her down. She never left her post. Yeah. And she yeah. paid dearly for it. Right. So yeah. I'm going to have to give it to her just to give her the damn recognition that she deserves. <laughs> her post got painted with her own blood. God. Did she not? But did yeah, like not? you said, oh, you, you didn't yeah. see anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's all in your head. And you were talking about the rain, every movie. Uh, you established also, and you had to point it out to me, Jason has a calling card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had almost forgot. It kind of passed me. So when Sheriff Garris shows up at the camp, this is it late in the third act when everything starts to break loose and people start actually fighting back rather than getting stalked. One of the things that the sheriff sees is a bloody bed, which has been a mainstay in this entire series so far. Yeah, there's at least one shot in everything with 
the the lightest effect being in the very first one, right? Right. The axe with the, the axe blood. axe with a little bit of blood. Yeah. But, but something still, with the bed. Yeah. But still put blood yeah. on the bed. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. in the last one, we said it was pretty extreme because there were three people piled on top of a bed, which right. Reggie saw. But it's it's the reveal every time. It's, yeah. it's the light switch. It's the switch that goes from Jason as the aggressor to people actually fighting back. Yeah. Because the cops were fighting back and Jason got shot a whole bunch in this movie. Yes. And that's where that all started. Yeah. And... I guess, yeah, no breast count. No. So I got I got nothing there. But one decapitation. Yeah. But I'm, can I get away with one more Rock Strikes 10 reference? Sure. In a sense that, talking about the Alice Cooper music at the beginning of the, this episode here, if you are so inclined, if you want to get every song that's on Friday the 13th Part 6, only two of the three are on Alice's Constrictor album from the year 1986, the yeah. year this came out. If you want to get the super fun hard rock summer police car chase song you have to get alice cooper's box set the life and crimes of alice cooper because it's only available on that well and for years i could not buy this song like i bought constrictor and i was like this song never got put out and there was never a soundtrack for Hmm. friday the 13th part six so for years literally 13 years i waited till that box that came (laughs) out and then that was like the that was the song i was most excited about that's cool to get on the box set so it's on there Plus the actual in credit mix of He's Back. Right. Which was not on Constrictor. Yeah. I'm totally nerding up for this one. <laughs> a little but, bit, yeah. but there you go. It's There's cool, some though. fun facts about mm-hmm. the Alice Cooper original music for part six, Jason Lives. If you want more facts like that, they can go to Rock Strikes Ten and where can they find that, Joey? Oh my goodness. On CNJRadio.com, every single episode, including our annual Alice Cooper birthday spectaculars. Yes, that is a thing. <laughs> so there's a plug for those. And also, while you're on there, stick around for the Synaptic Podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative, Chris's amazing blogs for Last Theater on the Left, and Wrestling House Show. Go to cnjradio.com, let us know what you think. We're, like I said, we're sort of halfway through, this is sixth, and there's yeah. 12 movies we're going to watch, so we're halfway through, nearly a week into it, into the marathon. Up next is part seven. I remember there's telekinesis and... And Bernie. And Bernie. Bernie's in Yeah, it. yeah. So, There's only one Bernie. Right. <laughs> That's kind of all I remember about it. And as much as I question how Tommy knows, just knows that it's, you have to take Jason back to the lake in order to to make him stop killing, it does make sense that if you chain Jason to a rock to the bottom of the lake, that's going to stop him killing. Yes. So I think this is kind of a uh, a thing where I have this belief, but what I'm doing is already fulfilling that belief, even if my belief doesn't mean anything at all, which I don't think it does. Sure. And I've already done the plugs and we're extending the episode, but I do have to ask you one more question before okay. we get out of Chris. Are you satisfied with the way they wrap Tommy's character up? We're obviously never going to see him again. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I kind of would have liked to see him die while killing Jason, I think. I think that, that would have been a fitting death. I'm down with that. Okay, yeah. good enough. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna bring my I'm gonna wear my player haters ball outfit for the next one because it's gonna be all the hate. All right, part seven. Stay well, then I'm, tuned. I'm gonna come with the love. I'm gonna see what's Ooh. to love about part seven. All right, Kane Hodder fan. I, I guess. All right, we'll, we'll get that properly right. answered on the next one. Till then, bye. Did you hear that? Boy?